This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, here we are. Wow, I got loud quick. The opening kickoff for Tuesday edition. Mark and Lee in the studios for the next three hours right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com. Got a little football news, get you ready for basketball. The whole works. We've got some more giveaways. We're going to qualify some folks for our March Madness matchup competition. Man, you name it, we got it here on the sports station WNSP. Good morning, Mr. Shervain. Good morning, Mark. You know, there's uh, after, you know, George has won a couple of national titles now. And, you know, the narrative has been, well, uh, Georgia's the, the top team now. They're the team that, uh, you know, has superseded Alabama. It makes a nice argument. People go back and forth on this. You know, is, uh, is Georgia the, the team now? Well, ESPN must think so because tomorrow they're going to televise the Georgia Pro Day. They're also going to televise the Georgia spring football game. I think that's going to be on ESPN, too. That is the only SEC spring game that's going to be televised by either ESPN or their group of stations, which include the SEC network. And then you might ask, well, wait a minute. What about Alabama's A-Day game on April 22nd? No. Colorado is going on ESPN. ESPN the, the, the main ESPN station, the televising only one spring football game, Colorado, Deion Sanders getting priority over Nick Saban's AFLAC uh, partner. Uh, Colorado supposedly has sold like 35,000 tickets. Deion takes over. But the fact is that only one SEC uh, football program, Georgia, will be on ESPN2, and it used to be the last couple of years. Didn't they televise a bunch of those games? Uh, so you can see Auburn, you can see Alabama if you stream on ESPN Plus or SEC Network Plus. Plus, plus. The anti-SEC movement yeah. by the mothership. Can you believe that? It's unbelievable. To go Colorado, you think they're going to get a big audience for that game? I don't know. Maybe. Well, it's new, and I, if Dion's smart, he'll give them access like very few others will. Uh, in that in that time frame, so I don't I don't hate the decision. It's new. It's it's shiny. It's sexy. You know um, what? I don't either because I don't watch spring football games. I, and again, I'm not knocking it. I mean, if you want to watch it, that's fine. I, I certainly don't have the means to stream it, but I I don't watch it now. Again, and I don't want to get into this. You know, if they decide to let teams play another team, maybe I'd get more excited about it. But I just can't watch a scrimmage. <laughs> And I, I don't want to go there today. The yearly conversation. Right, I don't want to go there okay. today. Right. I just thought it was fascinating that that they're doing the Georgia Pro Day and the Georgia Spring Game, but nobody else. Not Alabama. Not Auburn. Nobody. Hmm. How about that. All right. Uh, legal tampering. I love that term. It sounds like a great title for a movie or something like that legal tampering uh free agent signings so and, and if you wonder why and and mark i'll go back in history if you wonder why you see a lot of games that are just 
not great football games in the NFL. It's because players move constantly. They're coming back and forth, and they, you know, they haven't established themselves. And it's just so much movement these days. And as we saw yesterday, a whole bunch of players changing addresses. I guess we'll just concentrate on the quarterbacks because I think that's where – I'll be honest with you, I saw over two-thirds of the names, I don't even know the guys. A guy like Jim Nagy, he would, but I don't. Jimmy Garoppolo with the Raiders reunites with Josh McDaniels. Sam Darnold, now with the 49ers. Uh, to his backup is going to be Mike White. Leaves the Jets. Wasn't a starter. He played a couple of games. Uh, he's going to back up Tua, presumably. But here's the deal. The Jets are holding their breath now, wondering about Aaron Rodgers. Is he or isn't he? As he just kind of really... All the attention's on him now. What's his decision? Every movement he makes, I saw, something, I saw something on Twitter, and you know how I am on Twitter, Mark. I have no clue. But I saw interpretations. It was something like sullen SU. I don't know. You'd have to look it up, and then you could better read it. And, and, and does that mean he's going to the Jets or not? Oh, we do have a uh, Packer. Uh, let's say, media rep coming on later on. I don't know if he's got the answer to this or not, but that seems to be where most of the attention is. What is Aaron Rodgers going to do? I guess it was yesterday or the day before he said, my decision is coming soon. Yeah, so was it Trey Wingo? I think it was somebody that had first pointed it out on Twitter and like it was a done deal. And I think a lot of Jets players were kind of tweeting as if it were, but nothing official came so we're all just kind of sitting here and i think we're all kind of at the point where you know the old expression you know um get off the or get off the yes pot. yes the word go come on do it on the, or get off the pot yeah, very good like let's go let's 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 get to the point by the way can we find a better term than legal tampering tampering in of itself insinuates that you're not doing something on the up and up. It sounds like a so movie to call for it, Robert Redford or it something. It sounds like, well, like we, we're, we're a great country. It's a great organization, the NFL. Can we come up with a better word than legal tampering? Tampering in and of itself seems to conflict with the word legal. I, it, just, it seems like there's got to be a better way. Just legal free agency. That's what it is. It's just free agency. Oh, it's called free agency. That's exactly, yeah. Um, by the way, the Eagles uh, made a nice move. They're proposing now that the NFL adopt the XFL onside kick rule. About uh, the 4th and 15? Yes, 4th and 15 from the 20-yard line, or you, you take the onside kick. I hope it goes through. I really do. Uh, I don't know if it will, but I'm just saying it'd be kind of neat to know that. Here's the thing, though. And I, I, I think I'm with you on this. I don't want I don't want teams picking up the first down in that situation on a defensive holding or a pass interference. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so it's fourth and 15 from my own 25 or whatever it was, and I got defensive holding before the pass automatic. For, nah, I, I don't. There's got to be some way that you can do it without. Pass interference? Yeah, but now you got guys like pulling receivers down. I think the XFL, I think you hit it, it was 25, and the this the Eagles say, let's start at the 20. I think. I, I may be wrong on that. I haven't seen an XFL game lately, but uh, I thought maybe it was the 25. Maybe not. But I don't know if this will go through. I don't know if it's got legs yet. I know it's been proposed before. 
time will tell. Hey, the NCAA tournament play-in begins tonight. WNSP will have extensive coverage. We pick up the game in progress tonight, the Texas A&M Corpus Christi versus SEMO, uh, Southeast Missouri State, followed by Mississippi State and Pittsburgh. We'll also be carrying every Alabama football game. So from now through the championship game, uh, if you can't get to a TV set or you prefer to listen to it on radio, this is your place. This is indeed your place. And we want to see you at Moe's tomorrow. Yeah, so Nick, what time, is it 6 o'clock that we're starting this shindig or are we going to be broadcasting from down there? Like, What's the plan, Mr. Uh, Mr. Wiggins? Yeah, so um, we're going to be broadcasting Michael and Corey's show. All right. The That's going to be drive. from uh, 3 to 6. Indeed. Then I need everyone to get there by 6. We're going to do the drawing at 6.30. If you walk in at 6.31, your spot's already been taken. Oh, so you got to check in. You're not no, there. Well, wait a minute. You're, so you're, you're saying, and I'm, I'm trying to clarify this, so... You can't pick a team before six, right? But you're going to have 60 people, give or take, 60, 64 in, in line or something? Is that how it works? So at whatever time you show up, whether that be 4, 4.30, 5.30, right it's when you walk in the door, I'm going to register you and and make sure that you're there, you're verified, you're good. If you have not walked in the door by 6.30, your spot is going to be taken by someone else. That's okay, there Nick, let waiting. me ask you a question, and this is just to educate everybody. Okay, let's say somebody comes in at 430. I'm not trying to be funny or anything. I'm just trying to be serious on this. But let's say they have to be somewhere. They have an appointment at 6 or 630. Can they still get a team? Um, <laughs> I mean, these are things that are going to come up. So I'm, I'm it just— like a, this, It sounds like a case-by-case -case basis. Oh, the old case-by-case -case basis. So I'm just trying to maybe, prepare you. You know, you're br you're bringing up things that could potentially be issues. So how about I change and do this from now on? Get there whatever time you want. I will start registering at five. So maybe we'll have like a little line at five. But you come in at five thirty. I'll get you immediately. That way, there's no chance in you leaving. And then at 6:30 is when we're actually going to draw and pair up the teams. So if you're registered and you're not you got to be there before 6.30. That is the key. After 5 uh, is when I'll start getting your name down, but I need you there before 6.30. And so do you just like – are you going to have like pieces of paper with the 64 – well, in this case, you're going to have two gate playing games on Wednesday, but you get one or the other, right? I mean, you don't get – Correct. Yeah. So do you just dip your hand into a, a, a box and pick a team? How does that work? <laughs> so when you come in i'll have a very nice uh formatted sign-in sheet once i verify that you're here then when it comes time i'll see who all didn't show up and then everyone who hasn't pre-registered on the show i'll start letting them take their spots you know in order of uh, appearance then we will put all the names of the contestants into a box and then we will put every team name into a hopper. And at the same time, I will randomly draw a name, and then the hopper will randomly give us a team. And that is who you will be paired with. 
All right. I just wanted to clarify. And I also heard a rumor that there will be some consolation prizes if you're stuck with a uh, lower seed. So that's nice. Like if you get the 64th seeded team or something like that? Correct. Yep. Well, I'm glad we got that all. Yeah. Any other questions, class, before (laughs) we move on? Well, I, I just I just wanted to make it clear because you can't I, I couldn't see everybody coming in there at six fifteen in a lineup out to uh Dolphin Street, you know, people trying to get it. It didn't seem like that would make any sense, you know, and a big lineup and here you come and pick your team because people you know how it is, uh, Nick. People have appointments, people have things they have to do and usually can't stick around for two hours waiting to draw sure. a team. Well, Cancel your doctor appointment that's at 6 o'clock. Yeah, you can get a doctor's appointment at <laughs> 6 o'clock. Yeah. Good luck on that. And I'll have a sheet with everyone's name on it, so just come in. Tell me your name's John Smith. I'll put a little check next to your name. And then just sit, eat some barbecue, and enjoy the festivities. Very good. And that is on Wednesday. But we still have a chance for you to qualify today here for the WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge. All right. So... Darnell Archie at 6.30, Travis Ryer at 7, Jerry Palm at 7.30, Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast on Aaron Rodgers, and Chad Pruitt on Auburn at 8.30. By the way, because yesterday was so busy, we didn't really get a chance to talk about um, John Morant and uh, the video or the pictures that came out Fair game or a personal foul on private business? We can discuss that when we come back. It's 6.15. Scoreboard traffic and weather. And, of course, your phone calls at 694-1055. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station WNSP. This is Chris Samuels. You're listening to WNSP 105.5. Roll Tide. And God bless. where to go. What stood out most to you about the community and the organization here? You know, it's just such a family atmosphere, you know, from Mrs. Benson to Mickey to uh, to Michael to DA. I mean, just everybody. Um, like when we came on our visit, it just felt like we were already here for 10 years. You know, we were just hanging out. We were talking. We were talking football. And just the fit was just so easy. You know, I didn't have to try and force it or anything. There you go. Derek Carr. Um... I don't know, man. They're signing. They, they signed Carr. They re-signed Jameis Winston, but uh, that defense continues to lose pieces. So uh, let's hope he, uh, well, hope he can score some points this upcoming season because uh, I'm not sure they're going to be able to stop anybody. Ellis, the linebacker, signs with Atlanta. That's one defensive player gone, but they'll work it out. Um, they're, you know how the the Saints they don't they don't really dive into free agency in the first day or two. Mark, it seems like they wait to see what's available because of their cap issues, and you know maybe they'll pick up a player or two for their defense. But they're not one of those like at twelve midnight. Hey, we got this guy signed, and we're talking to this defensive player. Now, obviously, they went after Derek Carr as the big piece of the offense, but when it comes to the defense, there'll be a player or two, I'm sure the name will pop up, but it's not going to be, let's say, a world beater or somebody that's been, like, all pro for a number of years. They usually don't do that. Uh, and, again, I don't know if they're going to change that culture, but I, they don't, and that's because of the, the cap situation. Well, they also lose Marcus Davenport, it looks like. so. Has um, he left officially yet? Is he gone? I uh, haven't seen his name yet. That's why. Yeah, uh, he agreed to a one-year deal with the Vikings. Oh, really? So, okay. Uh, and David Onyemata. Yeah. 
So help! Yeah, Coming we're over drowning to over here. Coming over to the dark side. Yeah. Not real thrilled about that, but that's okay because, like Lee said, man, they'll come through. They always do. Well, I say that, but you know, if you really look back on it, and there was a story I was reading today, and. I think Mickey Loomis flies under the radar when it comes to GMs. You hardly ever hear his name. But there was a story today that if you go back and look at some of his trades, they haven't worked out so well. There you were for a second trying to make me feel yeah. better. Now you're not. Well, and this is going to make you feel worse because oh, awesome. we talk about defense. And you remember the guy they gave up last year, which really pushed buttons with you. The guy that went to the Eagles, the defensive back. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe they'll have to work their way through the draft to find a guy or two, but they're so far over the cap. Now, we will talk to Ross Jackson tomorrow because he's got his finger on the pulse of the Saints, so maybe that'll make you feel better. All right, you know, so, so a couple things we hadn't talked about. You mentioned the uh, quickly the, the Bucks in your scoreboard. Did you guys see the little uh, altercation at the end of the game? Was it last night with um, uh, Brooke Lopez? Brooke Lopez. Uh, so rarely, you know, it was one of those deals where they're dribbling out the clock and one thing led to another and it was an almost, there was almost a brawl at the, uh, with the Bucks and Kings. The Bucks were up like, uh, eight or 10 or something at that point and just dribbling it out. And, uh, he and, uh, Trey Lyles, I think got into it a little bit. I'm like, man, y'all gonna fight right as we're dribbling out the game. Save some for the actual game. Grayson Allen involved in this at all? Not that I saw. He's actually, you remember him when he was with Duke and he had that reputation of being the tripper? Yeah. And he's actually played pretty well for the Bucs. He, he, he's a member, I mean, he's, he plays a lot. He, there are games that he scores a lot. I mean, you know, it's tough to score when you have Giannis and Middleton and, and Holiday on your team, but he seems to get a lot of playing time. So I want to give him his due because I don't know if we really thought he was going to be a major factor coming out of college What with that reputation. But the other thing you mentioned, Jay Moran, I, I see where he's entered a counseling program. Well, yeah, so it had been a great week, and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> so um, he visited a nightclub with adult entertainment, I guess, over the weekend. But – the, the I guess the nightclub or somebody leaked photos of him getting a uh, a lap dance, uh, which only added to the drama that is uh, John Morant's life. Uh, and it was a private room too. There's cash and stuff everywhere. So it was a real, it was a trending story. But I'm wondering. Short-term game gain for this nightclub, but long-term, a PR nightmare. Who's going to want to go to this nightclub? Who's going to want to participate right. in whatever activities they offer their clientele? Yeah, now that you know your pictures are going to leak online, but they're, they're going to be out of business, man. They're going to have to let that 50K that jaw dropped that night stretch. But where can you go and you're not going to have your picture taken seriously in this day and age you go to the grocery store and somebody's there if it's not the paparazzi it's uh, it was a it's like you can't go anywhere these days without anybody having a phone ready to to, to take well, a picture I've, I've only seen a picture of one nba player getting a lap dance yeah and it's ja morant and i know that a lot more nba players be getting lap dances he than would that. he would almost guarantee that they are yeah i'll, I'll put a nickelgan's guarantee on that <laughs> <laughs> and seriously could you imagine what what kind of how does one 
you we can't comprehend this the idea of dropping 50k in one night on anything mark we live in a different world with these athletes they have so much money let's face it after a game they unwind they go out it's not uncommon the money they spend they have tons of it to spend so should we be surprised i don't think so yeah, like have a good time. John Morant's making what? Did he leave his, a year? But he didn't show a gun this time, right? He just went and had his. And I'm assuming what this happened last night. No, no, this was a while ago. Oh, a while ago, because he's not even playing right now. He's still right. He's not suspended, but he's not playing. And I mentioned I, I see where he's entered a counseling program. I don't know if that's part of him getting back with the team. So there was a lot of cash, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere, well, but it's being—it couldn't all be dollar bills, right? Uh, I don't know. What is? I don't know. The whole floor was covered. Every table was covered. Sofa. Yeah. What? What is fifty k to someone who makes fifty million in a year? What would that be to us? Would that be folk? like fifty bucks? All right. I don't, I don't know. I'm drop so fifty bucks at the strip club. That doesn't seem. So bad. Too bad, right? Right. So if you're making 50 mil, drop 50K. You're giving back to the community. If you're making 50K, you drop 50. Like Gilbert Arenas said, he's supporting small businesses. (laughs) (laughs) But don't you also feel like the difference, though, if you drop 50K, even if it's relatively the same, don't you feel like it's probably a higher-end business than you and I walking in and dropping 50 tonight? I don't know. Imagine dropping like 50 bucks at a Taco Bell and all the food you could get. Maybe it was kind of like that. Darnell Archie's next. Stay with us. It's the opening kickoff. The ball is tipped and there you are You're running for your life You're a shooter and all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the Alright, 6.32, there it is The sounder you've been waiting for It's the WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge Be the first one to get Nick on the phone at 694-1055 And you will be registered for a shot in our matchup challenge at Moe's tomorrow, up for grabs. Two one-hour jet ski rides from Gulf Coast Water Rentals right here in Mobile, right there on Dog River. In fact, uh, those each of those rides, you can take up to two adults and a child on each ride. Plus, we're throwing in a smart TV from Bailey's TV and Mattress. It's real simple. Uh, we will give you a team if uh, that team wins the national championship. You win. And who's our latest qualifier there, Nick? That would be Larry. All right, Larry. It looks like we're going to see you at Moe's tomorrow, but uh, be there uh, be there by at least five, and uh, you will get perhaps the team to win the NCAA tournament. Well, by at least six. It's by at least six. Yeah. No earlier than five. I mean, you can get there well, earlier than five. you can get five, there earlier. We'll but, just be hanging out. But, uh, yeah. The man manning the contest over out, there popping the has poop. some very strict rules. 
Anyway, <laughs> speaking of March Madness, we know a guy that knows a little something about March Madness. He's played in it before, and he starred in it before, and his name is Darnell Archie. He's the head basketball coach at the University of Mobile, and he's our special guest right now. Darnell, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Doing well. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? So as somebody who came from the hotbed state of Indiana where basketball reigns supreme, has Alabama now moved into that, uh, let's say, narrative? What with two games in Birmingham, Alabama and Auburn, is now this becoming a basketball state? Uh, let's let's take it. I'll take it. That was great to see. I was a little surprised to see Auburn and Birmingham. You know, if I was Coach Calvin Sampson in Houston at the number one seat, I'd be a little bit upset. But um, I love it being from the state of Alabama, room for both of those teams. You know, the funny thing is, though, if you look at Houston, their two losses during the regular season were home games. They did well on the road. And that is a good point. Yes. They lost yeah. Alabama and they lost to Temple. So those were the, and I'm not including the tournament, you know, the postseason tournament. Have you uh, arrived at your final four yet? I do, and I'm ready to, to scrap it already. But, um, you know, I went, with, I went chalk, a lot of it. I went Alabama, Purdue, Houston, and I went with a two-seed UCLA. You know, it was really hard. It's really getting hard these years, but um, it's a lot of fun to pick the teams. Well, what makes it a little more difficult, and we talked about this yesterday, is some of the key injuries. Uh, and I'm assuming, and I don't know, is Sasser going to be healthy and ready to go? Uh, Nate Oates had mentioned that uh, Brandon Miller played with a groin injury you know, during the SEC tournament, uh, and he won MVP. But then there's UCLA, and that was my reluctance with them, with Clark being out. I didn't know, you know what effect that would be. Maybe you can help us out on that. Well, I don't have any inside information on that one, but, um, you know, injuries, as we all know, play a huge part in everyone's season. You know, I played a part in my season this past year and these guys, so that will, who can stay healthy and stay hot will get to the, you know, I'm not saying anything people doesn't know, we'll get to the Final Four. So it'll be a good one to watch. Uh, being from the Hoosier State, do you have more of a preference for Purdue advancing or Indiana? I do. Um, you know, usually I grew up being an Indiana fan, but knowing one of the assistants on the Purdue staff, uh, I worked with a guy named Terry Johnson, uh, kind of pulling for them. And there's also a guy named Micah Shrewsbury that's the head coach at Penn State. I uh, worked with him at Butler as well. And they have a tough 7-10 game against Texas A&M, um, and that's the room for those guys. To, you know, since we kind of know each other, we worked on the same staff. All right, well, let's go back to Purdue. Is there more to this team than that huge center? They got they got great shooting. They got great, unbelievable offensive ways to get him the basketball. Um, they share the ball. They're kind of a throwback-type team. I'm sure that's been mentioned before, the way they play, the style they play. Um, you know, I, I do like their region in the East. You know, if they can get – who can get past, you know, Duke or Tennessee. Duke or Tennessee can even get out of the first round. But I would say they're two and three seeds. Marquette and Kansas State are a little bit weaker than everybody else's. So I, I like their, their draw, in a sense, to get to Houston. All right, you mentioned Shrewsbury, and his name's been bandied about as maybe taking another job. But he's at Penn State now, and we really don't talk about Penn State as being a basketball school. And I think it's been a while since they've really been in the, the, the forefront. But they do have Texas A&M. Uh, your thoughts on that game? Man, it's a tough one. You know, a lot of times teams that get hot in the, their Big Ten tournaments or, you know, the conference tournaments, 
it's a it's a coin flip, coin flip in a sense. They either come out and you know lay an egg, or they keep it rolling. Um, so they did have to play four in four days. Uh, lost in the in the Big Ten championship to Purdue. I actually picked A and M. You know, I, I wouldn't say that out loud, but I guess I am. <laughs> but Texas A and M is an anomaly to me. Uh, you know, they got second. They got the second. Yeah, second in the SEC and the seventh seed overall. So it's a little bit intriguing by that seed for Texas A&M. But I like Buzz and the job he does. Uh, that'll be a matchup we all will be watching. The reason I'm hoping A&M wins is because I'd love to see them play Texas. We don't see it in football now. I think what a great second right. round game that would be. That'd be what that'd be cool to see and cool to watch there. Any major upsets do you see? And when I say major, 215, 314, uh, that, those type uh, happening in the uh, first round? You're right. Really, the 413 and 512, we call them upsets, uh, but they're kind of, we expect them. So I don't know why we call them upsets anymore, but I don't have any. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are saying, look out for that Colgate, Texas game. I don't see that happening. Um, there's going to be one, I'm sure, and it'll probably be early on a Thursday or something like that. We'll be watching. Yeah, there's been some talk. You know how the commentators, they get paid to make these uh, uh, selections, and they try to inspire upsets. Uh, I've heard Louisiana over Tennessee. I'm not buying into it, although Tennessee is missing that really good guard. Uh, you know, that's one that's come up. I've heard uh, stuff about Drake and Miami, maybe Drake uh, moving on past Miami. Again, I don't see it. Those will be interesting. You know, sometimes we used to joke, uh, a guy named Seth Davis that's on there, like whatever he says is going to be an upset, go against him because he's usually wrong nine times out of ten. Um, so that's kind of how I fill up my brackets as well. Some of those talking heads, guys are clueless. Um, not always, but they're, they're wrong more than they're right. If you had to pick a team that's a, a, a 12, a 13, a 14, is there one, though, that you might target and say look out for? You know, the 12 that I picked, which we'll probably lose, is the A-10 champion VCU, um, you know, conference champs. And the other one is the Oral Roberts team has won 17 straight games. I know teams have picked Duke to go pretty far. Oral Roberts um, has the leading score in the nation, like Max Amos. I'm not sure how you say his name. They have a seven foot five guy. I think Oral Roberts is probably a trendy pick, um, along with the Charleston team. That's 31-3. and three. Um, So those two teams could make it to the second weekend. Darnell Archie's our guest here on WNSP. You know, instead of talking about the bracket, this bracket, this is the 20-year anniversary, isn't it? Of of, <laughs> it of you and yeah, your butt. 20 years ago, it's hard to believe, but it, that's all we always say. Um, our Butler Bulldogs and myself were at the BJCC. I've been the legacy center. I've been waiting for them to call me and have my family come up there and, you know, show the film and get me to the games at Alabama and Auburn, but I still haven't got that phone call. Maybe, Mark, you can help me get in there. Yeah, well, the only way I'm getting into the legacy these days is uh, paying for a ticket, but I can give it a shot. For those that don't know, by the way, on March 23rd, 2003, a Darnell Archie-led 12-seated Butler Bulldog team beat Rick Pitino's number four seeded Louisville Cardinals by eight in the second round uh, of the NCAA regional over there. And if I'm not mistaken, sir, you were eight of nine from the three point line, including six of six from the second half. True or false? Fact or fiction? That's what, 
It's true. That's what they tell me. I, um, I haven't looked it up or watched that game probably 75 times myself, but yeah. yes, that did happen. Um, you know, Rick Pitino still coaching. It sounds like he's at, he's at Iona. It sounds like he might be making it his way back to the high majors. So that's crazy to think about that. What's it? Uh, what's in all seriousness? I know we 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 bring that stuff up, but whether you're on in a in a in a blue blood, a mid major, or you get an automatic bid for one of your conference, what's it mean to get to the NCAA tournament? What's it like as a player to step on the floor for the first time? At whatever regional, at whatever destination you're at, it's just different, man. Oh, it is. I remember my first year as a freshman, we played, um, we're at Wake Forest, but we played uh, uh, Florida, ended up getting beat by a last-second shot. I played six minutes that game, and the moment was almost a little too big for me. I, I was staring around, looking around, couldn't believe I was on CBS, Billy Packers doing the game at the time, um, and Jim Nance. Just it was a surreal moment for me. Um, and you could see those kids get so excited when their names are being called. Most of them, some of the guys have been there for yeah. four years, but it's a, it, it is madness. And it's, it's an experience I wish every college kid that plays college basketball can experience. Have you, have you thought about filing a lawsuit against CBS for leaving you out of the one shining moment video? I have, and, and along with, um, you know, some people say, you know, St. Louis has their Arch Madness, you know, Archie, short for Arch, and yeah. I, I kind of get a little upset they don't ask for my rights for that name, Yeah, um, but it's a, it's a wonderful time of the year. Darnell Archie is the head coach of uh, the University of Mobile, so uh, if there is a st- stumbling block for Alabama to get to the Final Four, give me a team that you think could be that team to knock them off. You know, I look at the 8-9 matchup. I don't see West Virginia or Maryland doing that. Um, Sweet 16 game, I don't love it. I would I would think maybe the regional final might be the, um, the one that could get them, which is not really a stumbling block because you're playing, you know, a top-five team in the country. It will be interesting to see who comes out of that San Diego State, Charleston, Virginia, Furman game, um, see who their first matchup is in the regional semifinal. Um, you know, could be Virginia, but I could see Virginia stumbling the first day to, to the Paladins of Furman as well. So uh, I like their I like their chances to get to Houston. Does Auburn survive the first game against Iowa? It's an interesting story because uh, Bruce Pearl many years ago coached at Iowa. You know, him, Fran McCaffrey's very um, you know in the, in the media a lot today to coach at Iowa. So seeing him and Pearl. Pacing the sidelines will be fun to watch. I have them winning. I do. Um, I think they'll win that one. I, I think they will win that game on Thursday and advance to try to knock off number one seed Houston. Darnell, many, many thanks. Uh, we'll check in with you next week to see how your picks went. Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, even my season ended a couple weeks ago at the University of Mobile. Um, I coach a sixth-grade UMS Lady Cadets team. We made it to the state finals uh, this past weekend. And, that was a heartbreaking loss for our girls and for me. So uh, I got to take a sabbatical for a week or two of coaching. Um, it's, it's been a rough week of, of dropping tough games So Archie household. E- e- emo- too emo- more emotional at that level or, or more emotional at, uh, at the college level?
651, wrapping up our number one, the opening kickoff on this Tuesday, just rolling along. All right, we welcome in David Green from the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. And David, uh, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I stepped outside, and it's uh, quite cool this morning. Isn't it, though? Reminds you of West Virginia? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so I, I know what we're, I have a subject matter we're going to talk about, but I have to ask you, my wife at work, and I come in around 3, 30, 4 o'clock, and I, I, almost every trip in, there's at least one driver, and there aren't many out there, that goes through a red light. And I was wondering, for instance, if I'm driving and I'm going through the green light, and then you have this guy come pell-melling through, you know, red light, what kind of, as far as, do I have much of a grounds? I mean, especially if this guy hits me and drives away. Well, if you if you have the green light, you certainly do. And uh, we call that sometimes a he said, she said, or, or a he, he said, he said. And, um, you know, really, that happens all too often. Airport Boulevard, Allshell Road, uh, Springhill Avenue, some of our main thoroughfares. You know, even the, in the Birmingham area, the same thing happens as well, around 280 and that sort of thing. So those, uh, those things happen. Uh, you got the red light. You need to stop. You got the green light. You should proceed through. But one of the other things that happens, that just made me think about it, you know, when we have these power outages, we wind up with a situation where you have a you know, folks decide that they need to stop all the time. If you've got a blinking yellow light, that does not mean stop. That means use caution. Now, you might need to stop, but you don't stop every single time. So the people in Mobile kind of need to maybe learn some of that. But uh, if, if it's blinking red, everyone stops. But blinking yellow, the blinking yellows kind of proceed on through and use caution. But they do sometimes need to stop. Well, let me ask you this. Do we ha- are there cameras on some of the lights around town? There are cameras on some of them, uh, and typically that is, um, you know, some of the DOT folks have cameras. Uh, there are some cameras that are out there that uh, law enforcement has uh, has that uh, you know we're we're not privy to, but I, I'm familiar with a couple of of them. Uh, certain uh, known drug areas and that thing, that type of thing may may have um, may have cameras, and so. There are some there's some technology out there that you know reads tags and that sort of thing as well. So they're they're out there. Is there an uptick in driving drinking cases these days? You know, I tell you what, we see we see it all too often. I know we talk about this a lot, but um, you know, there there's a research uh, project at the end of last year uh, where um, you know sampling of the population it was asked, "Do you drink and drive?" And something like 25% of the people in this survey, you know, several thousands of people, you know, it may not have been a, uh, you know, that great of a sampling, but it's, it's a lot of people, uh, 25% of them said that they have, that they have driven after uh, having consumed at least one to two um, drinks. Um, and I'll tell you this, uh, you know, people talk about, well, I wasn't over the legal limit. Well, I'll tell you, that doesn't necessarily matter. If you've got alcohol in your system and you hurt someone or you kill someone, very likely you'll be prosecuted. So that's something that is a problem. You know, if you choose to drink, do not drive. Have someone drive for you. Gosh, there's so many opportunities to be picked up. A Lyft, an Uber, the, the old thing of a friend, um, you know, having someone that's going to pick you up that's a designated driver, please do not drink and drive. If you drink and drive, you're endangering yourself as well as others, and there's just no reason for it. There's no reason at all. 
David, how can our uh, listeners reach you or a member of your law firm? Very simple. Uh, 51 North Florida Street here in, in Midtown Mobile, uh, 4th Avenue North, the Forbes Building in Birmingham. You never need an appointment at Green and Phillips, so you can go to our website, greenphillips.com. Have a wonderful day. We'll check in with you later this week. Thank you so much. Take care, fellas. Take David care, Green bye. of the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. Uh, all right, so Travis Ryder is going to uh, join us at 7 o'clock. We'll talk some Alabama. Uh, you guys can certainly get in at 694-1055 and get us in the app at WNSP.com. Uh, Jameis Winston, we only got a minute here, but Jameis Winston took less money to return to the Saints. I feel like... Uh, feel like somebody else didn't want him or nobody wanted him and that, that was his best deal? I can't imagine... That if you had an opportunity to go start somewhere else, let's say, well, it wouldn't be Tampa. I'm sure they wouldn't bring him back because they need a starting quarterback. But as I, you know, look around, if there was a team out there, you know, you got an agent that's getting on the phone and trying to find somebody for you. I'm assuming with this that there was nobody, there was nobody, no takers. Well, he had it. He was going to make 12.8. They re-signed him, and now it's four with incentives. And I can't imagine him hitting any incentives with Derek Carr. There, you know, barring any injuries, he could make as much as eight. But I think uh, that window of opportunity for Jameis has come and gone. And in his defense, it wasn't all his fault. I mean, the guy got injured; he couldn't stay healthy. But I can't imagine anybody taking him on in in any other role other than that of a backup at this point. Well, we saw yesterday like Jared Stidham left and he went to Denver to back up Russell Wilson. I'm not sure what Case Keenum's deal was when he went to Houston. If he thinks he's going to be the starter or if Houston, which picks second, is going to take a quarterback. And they still may get Bryce Young if Carolina takes C.J. Stroud. So we don't know the situation there. But uh, there's been a lot of quarterback movement. How about uh, Garoppolo leaving to go to Vegas to be reunited with Josh McDaniels? And then Sam Darnold. That's the one that really puzzles me. Uh, The 49ers, uh, they're not going to get Purdy back right away with the injury. And they have that, well, he'll be a third-year quarterback, but he's hardly even played. Uh, He's still around. I don't know. I I don't know what the situation is. If things how if, if they're really sour, why you wouldn't keep Garoppolo? Maybe it's the money. Maybe it's just the money factor. But Sam Darnold is he the guy you want to come in there and compete for a starting job? He hasn't been able to do it anywhere else. And that's what I love about this show. You start with Winston and you finish with Garoppolo. Hey, uh, Dick. Yes. Falcons need a quarterback. Why don't you make us an offer for Winston? Oh, no, we're okay. Thank you see, you, there's bro. my point. If the Falcons won't take him in the division where a quarterback is not exactly a, a selling point. You know, Mark, there's no Man, guarantee. We just the best safety in the NFL. The best. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. That's a guarantee. Hey, there's no guarantee that Winston will even be on the Saints when the season starts next year, even though they restructured his contract. All I'm saying is I think it's uh, – I just can't see a scenario where that dude's on the field anytime soon. Wherever you know, hey, anything preseason games. Good point. Preseason games. If the car breaks down, you still need a win. Nah, man, that car, that that car be having an extended warranty. That (laughs) thing's gonna be covered for years. Uh, Travis Rars next. Stay with us. The opening kickoff continues. 
the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Mark, I'm Lee Shervanian. We're in the studios of WNSP. It's it's a Tuesday. How about that, Lee? It's Tuesday. And it's also a five-day work week. Sorry about that. Yeah, is this my first or my second? Second. Second. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting long, man. But it, we got plenty to talk about to keep us busy for sure. We'll talk some of my headlines and then get to Travis Schreier from Bama Online. You know, a few years ago when the SEC was struggling to get teams into the NCAA tournament, and as you know, they've got eight this year, which ties for the most with the Big Ten and when you add Vanderbilt and Florida to the 19. But uh, Greg Sankey, I, I don't know to what degree he went to this, Mark, but I think there was a concerted effort on the part of the SEC to – to, to move, you know, to, to go out there and, and bring in coaches to get you into the NCAA tournament. And, and we saw the influx of the Bruce Pearls, and we saw Rick Barnes at Tennessee and Nate Oates coming in from Buffalo. Basically, the SEC wanted to ramp it up. They were tired of only getting maybe three, maybe even four teams in. So uh, many of the programs went out and got winning coaches. Well, that's what Ole Miss did. Chris Beard, say what you want. But he, a couple of years ago, was coach of the year, Texas Tech. And he had his issues with Texas. They fired him, but now he's at Ole Miss. So there's another winning coach that comes into the SEC. Uh, Nate Oates, uh, at his press conference yesterday, said that uh, as his star player, Brandon Miller, played through a groin injury. Well, if that's the case, and he was MVP, played pretty well. Uh, Travis Ryer is on the line with us right now. Travis, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. How are you guys? Good. Like many prognosticators, talking heads, do you have Alabama making it to the Final Four? I do. I think it's a navigable stretch for them. Uh, I think you look at the second round, the potential matchup there with either West Virginia or Maryland. I don't think that'll be easy. I don't think it'll be an easy stretch for them in general. But uh, I think in terms of matchups, which you're most considerate of, this time of year, it sets up okay for him. I know Nate didn't necessarily see it that way, being that his team is a number one overall seed. But what's kind of interested to see, I thought, you know, there's there's always purpose to what the committee does as far as potential matchups, it seems like, and storylines and things like that. I, I thought Alabama might get a rematch scenario with like a UConn or a Gonzaga at some point in the first couple of weekends. But doesn't look like that's going to be the case, and I think that could work to their advantage because if you haven't seen this team previously, uh, it can be a tough situation to, to deal with. Do you have them winning at all? I, 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 I haven't even filled out a bracket, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I think they're certainly capable. Um, so many things can happen, um, you know, and, and, and this one seems more wide open. I think there's some years where you look at a team and you say, oh, yeah, they're the, the overwhelming favorite. And even in those years, a lot of times that team doesn't end up winning at all. So, you know, it's pretty much a crapshoot. But, yeah, I think they've got the, the real potential to do it. I don't think anyone would argue that. But 
um, you know, it literally is a weekend by weekend thing. And um, you know, I think if they get there to Houston uh, and you look at who they could see from from their side of the bracket, um, you know, Purdue, uh, teams like Kansas State, Marquette, uh, even getting through the semifinal round, I think in terms of matchups, looks pretty good to them. And then on the other side with Houston as a one seed, obviously they've seen them a couple of times. Kansas on that other side, Gonzaga. UCLA was one of the teams that I thought maybe Alabama wouldn't want to see uh, for as long as it possibly could. But even UCLA's had a significant injury here of late. And um, so Arizona and Alabama's bracket, you know, when I really look at it, uh, could be as big a stumbling block as they have along the way. You know, Travis, uh, Nate Oates has taken a lot of, well, outside criticism for the comments he made uh, during that incident up in Tuscaloosa and say what you want, but the the fact of the matter is the way he's kept his team focused, to me, uh, speaks volumes about his coaching. Not so much about off the court, but on the court, I have to give him his kudos. He's done a marvelous job keeping this team uh, focused. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think it starts on the defensive end because a lot of times when you see teams that maybe aren't as cohesive uh, in their in their bond, uh, it'll show up more on the defensive end. And um, they are very much connected on, on that end of the floor, and they showed it more, certainly in, in Nashville. You know, they didn't give up more than 63 points in any of those three games. And, you know, Charles Bediaco was so important to that, the big guy, and defending the rim and just adding to that back end where the length is already problematic. Uh, when you're dealing with a 6'9", Brandon Miller, and, you know, the 6'10", Noah Clowney, and then you got a seven-footer in Charles Bediaco. And, um, but as much as anything, uh, when you watch them play defense, the way they communicate, the way they rotate, the way they pass guys off, the way they switch and play different things, uh, it does tell you that they're, they're very much together as a team. Whereas a year ago, you know, I know they had their issues on the offensive end, but they were they were pretty much a mess defensively, and um, that went a long way into them one and done in it out in San Diego. You know, Travis, to that point, as as much as they've gelled together on the court, I feel like the stuff that's going on off the court has had as much to do with that gelling as a group as anything. I mean, you look at you go back to the SEC tournament and the the Brandon Killer comments uh, and chants from the Vanderbilt. Uh, stuff. I mean, all, stuff like that, man. You can't help but kind of bond or band together, right? Yeah, I think you know, for them, the, the basketball court has been a, a sanctuary for them of sorts, and just um, the locker room, you know, and that whole team dynamic. And uh, they've had to, you know, try to, to uh, while acknowledge the situation, um, certainly, uh, and pay the, the proper respect to that. Um, you know, they've had to try to form a vacuum of sorts within their team. Um, and I think it's, it, it has played a role in that. I, I think, you know, there, there's little doubt about that. So, you know, I think, um, I, I think for Brandon, too, it just seems like you know, he feels, um, you know, not comfortable, but um, confident enough in himself in terms of, uh, his involvement in the whole situation that, 
you know, he's he's able to, to try to grind through it and work through it and um, be as much of himself on the basketball court as he certainly can be anywhere else right now. Incredible. Who would have thought Alabama and Auburn to be playing Birmingham on the first round of the NCAA tournament? Got an opinion question for you because I've had this conversation. If Auburn defeats Iowa, and there's no given on that, and faces Houston Saturday as Alabama's playing in another uh, second-round game, do you think Alabama fans should root for Auburn, or do you think most of them will root for Houston? <laughs> I think they're going to root for Houston. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I know, you know, there's been commentary about the fan bases joining hands and singing Kumbaya outside of Legacy Arena, but, you know, I mean, if we're going to be honest about the situation and not myopic, you know, let's be real here. I don't think Auburn people are pulling for Alabama in either of those games this weekend. Uh, in Birmingham, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll it'll be uh, likewise. Uh, there'll be a few, I think, but in general, no, I don't see so, the fan base. So the Houston, you know, so the Houston, the others. So the Houston coach Samson was so concerned about having to play in Birmingham. So you're saying that if they face Auburn, he's got nothing to worry about. That everybody will be no, pulling for him. I don't think so. I, I think uh, that there'll be plenty of Alabama fans pulling for the Cougars, uh, even though an upset of Houston uh, by Auburn might ultimately work in Alabama's favor, you know, when you think down the road. But I still don't think Alabama fans are going to be able to help themselves that much. Uh, it, it, to many, they weren't even aware of this. And I wondered during the year if Quinterly would actually get into the starting lineup. So the switch was made before the tournament. Do you know what prompted that to put Quinterly uh, into the starting lineup? Because it worked wonders for Alabama. Yeah, I think, you know, there have been a stretch of just slow starts as much as anything else to games and, you know, not getting off to faster starts. Um, you know, they had some, some halves where they, they didn't score in the 30s, which, you know, for a team that averages over 80 a game, um, you know, that's that's not going to work for them. So apparently Jaden even made the suggestion to Nate Oates that, uh, the consideration be given to Javon taking his spot in the starting lineup. And um, Javon sometimes to a fault is aggressive beyond um, what needs to be uh, done, but he's going to attack and he's going to attack from the outset. So, you know, instead of standing around and waiting for Brandon Miller to get going uh, to start these games, uh, you've got another guy out there that's going to look to score and, can also facilitate scoring. You know, his willingness to attack and his ability to get into the paint uh, and then pitch it to, to open shooters um, is is very important. And so you know, I think Jaden can do that too, but I don't think opposing teams are as worried about Jaden actually scoring the basketball himself as you have to be when Javon's out there. When Javon's out there, he can finish with either hand uh, at the rim, he can knock down the three. So I think offensively, he certainly puts more stress on opponents right now than Jaden does. All right, before I let you go, very quickly, because we got uh, quite a baseball game tonight at Eddie Stanky Field. Alabama comes in. They lost their first two games of the year this weekend. They're taking on the Jags. A thought or two about the Crimson Tide baseball team. Is this his best squad since he took over, Buchanan? Well, uh, before the, the Columbia series, I would have said yes. But um, it was kind of a rough weekend in dropping two or three to an Ivy League opponent. But 
I, I do think that is the potential for this team anyway. And, you know, I thought this game uh, with South Al would actually be their maybe their biggest measuring stick before they got to SEC play again. Columbia uh, proved to be pretty tough over the weekend. And I think offensively, Drew Williamson, Andrew Pinkney, uh, they've got a young player in Colby Shelton that has you know, 10 home runs already. So, you know, they've got some good guys at the plate. Um, but like other teams, they're still trying to figure out some pitching depth, especially after last weekend. But, you know, their top-end guys look to be SEC quality. So I would say yes to this point, but uh, that took a little bit of a uh, – uh, took a little bit of a hit over the weekend with uh, Columbia doing a, uh, a job on Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Travis, as always, man, we appreciate the time. How is it that uh, ESPN picked Dion over Nick for the spring game? Well, you know, I mean, Dion's just hot right now. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's, he's, the, he's the guy right now that, that, that's kind of pushing the needle a little bit and you know so many of these spring games have gone to streaming platforms now too which you know yeah. i think is is smart on espn's behalf they're trying to sell those espn plus subscriptions and so you know they drive folks to that platform for a lot of these spring games it seems like but all eyes are on dion right now there's no doubt about it well when you when you sign up for yours, make sure you click on the AL dot com and go through that. They might get a small commission for oh, that. Oh, I've I've already I've already got <laughs> I've got ESPN plus just for the PGA tour golf because <laughs> on Thursdays you can turn on that stream at about seven thirty in the morning and you got uh you got the PGA tour till about six that night. So yeah, it's bad. Uh, a peek into the Ryer life, man. It's it's a good yeah, life. Plus plus I got my Hawaii Rainbow Warriors on there too that I watch. So no I doubt have it for that. I understand. Hey, how can people get the latest and greatest on all things Alabama, Travis? Just go to BamaOnline.com or Alabama.247sports.com. Either way, it'll get you done. Have a great week, as always, man. We appreciate Take it. Care, guys. Yep. That's Travis Ryer. Here comes your scoreboard traffic and weather. Uh, we'll talk with Dave McCrary over at LCM Motorcars. Jerry Palm at 730. Uh, we got some Chick-fil-A we got to give away this hour as well. And, oh, by the way, it appears, guys, you're going to want to hear this. Men today are more responsible than women, at least in one regard. I'll explain coming up. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hi, everybody. Jennifer Hale here from the NFL on Fox, and you're listening to 105.5 WNSP in Mobile. Opening kickoff continues on WNSP, and it's time to highlight the cars of the week with David McCrary at LCM Motor Cars in Theodore. David McCrary, LCM Motor Cars, LCMMotorCars.com joins us here on WNSP. And David, we talk so much about how you help people buy cars, but you'll take some cars off some folks too. That's true. Good morning, Mark. Um, we've got some really nice trade-ins we've gotten in the last um, few days. Uh, we got a Buick Enclave that came in. A friend of mine actually owned it, traded it in, um, bought his wife a different vehicle. And we've got an 03 regular cab, Silverado, half-ton work truck. And it's um, that's a rarity, something hard to find. So, And it's under ten grand. <clears throat> and, and we can do all sorts of financing right there on the lot, correct? Yes, anything that we've got on the lot for sale, we can get financed. Absolutely. All right, so what are you doing with your convertible these days that every once in a while you'll pop in? I mean, you got to put the top up now, right? 
pop-ups now, but midday it'd be down. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's mobile weather for you, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're not going to be able to live here much longer if this weather don't get back to normal. Uh, Beautiful. Okay, so w- tell everybody when they can come see you and where you're located. We're on Highway 90 at Plantation in Theodore. That's one mile south of I-10, exit 15A. You can give us a call at 251-375-0068 or go on the website, lcmmotorcars.com. And we encourage everybody, of course, to go to lcmmotorcars.com and check out all the inventory. You guys are always, you're constantly updating the uh, the inventory. We'll have fresh pictures for everything this morning, too. They're still working on that this morning. All right, man. Well, we appreciate it, and uh, enjoy this weather, I guess. <laughs> have a good day bud alright that's Dave McCurry Dave McCurry at LCM Motorcars LCMMotorcars.com go check it out man they will uh, they will help you find what you need if they don't have it they will go and find it for you uh, I've seen them do it it's pretty impressive stuff right there and of course as you just heard they'll do some trade-ins as well uh, Lee brought this to my attention for all you uh, men out there or maybe women according um, to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. Didn't know that was a thing, but apparently it is. Men these days are not responsible for the majority of binge drinking. No, that designation goes to the women in your lives. Does it... Uh Basically, give ages or just in general? Just it no. It matter. just says as of uh, 2021, there's kind of been an uptick in uh, binge drinking in women. Well, and again, I, I you know, we talked specifically to David, college campuses. Yeah, we talked to David Green earlier in the show, and I asked him if there's an uptick in, in drinking and driving cases, and which he said there is. So I saw that. So I brought that to your attention because I think there's been this narrative that it's usually the the guys. The ones that binge drink. For the first time in history, according to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, college women are binge drinking more than men. Maybe you better ask the third member of our party. He he's got a he's he goes out a little more than you and I do. I think with the uh, younger generation. You 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 hanging out with the college women there, Triple G? Um. He doesn't know how to respond. And he's had his moments. Not as much anymore. Yeah. Would you agree with that story that just came across, though, Nick? Can you guarantee that? I'm going to be honest. I wasn't listening. Thank you. It's nice to have you. So I cannot guarantee to that. You don't listen. Maybe go back and listen after the show's over. Maybe it's it's not the people that are listening. Maybe it's the people talking. If more of us are not listening, then... I'm not buying into that. Wait, are you guys Sorry. still talking? See, he only comes in when he's one of a guarantee. Other than that, he just blows us off. Hey, now. Jared Palm is next. <laughs> oh, I like that. Hey, now. Hey, now. It's the opening kickoff. The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star. All right, WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge. Time be the first one to call Nick at 694-1055, and you'll be the latest to qualify for the big party tomorrow at Moe's downtown. 
Uh, you can get there as early as you can get there as early as you want, but at five, Nick will start checking folks in that are qualified all the way up until uh, six, 30. and then six thirty is when we do the big. If you're not here by six, if you're not there by six thirty, you are out of luck. So make sure you get uh, qualified at six nine four a one zero five five. That is the number, and uh, up for grabs two one hour. Uh, jet ski runner, uh, jet skis or wave runner deals uh, from Gulf Coast Water Rentals right here in Mobile. The only uh, place in Mobile where you can do that right there in Dog River. Very cool. And then uh, Bailey's TV and Mattress is offering up a smart TV. So it's a it's a lot of it's a huge grand prize. We're going to take all that and throw it together. And we're hearing rumors and speculation there'll be some consolation prizes as well. So be the first one to get in and. Uh, You'll be the latest to qualify. If you can't get qualified, uh, fear not. We'll have some open spots uh, so you can come by and hang out with us at Moe's, and uh, there'll be an opportunity to get in at that time. Uh, so coming up, uh, we got some Chick-fil-A in about uh, 15 or so minutes. Uh, we'll talk some Green Bay Packers with Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast at 8 o'clock, and then Chad Pruitt, the Auburn um uh, Assistant coach uh, set to join us at 8.30 on the Tigers. So, um, so in the meantime. I, did I strike out with Jerry? It, it appears you did. Oh, I was so anxious to talk to Jerry Palm, one of the leading rectologists, to see how many of the 68 teams he had correct. I saw where Joe Lenardi, who's the other uh, famous rectologist who does it for ESPN, Jerry Palm, of course, with CBS Sports, he said he had 67 of the 68. The one he missed was Rutgers that he had Rutgers getting in, and Rutgers did not. And that's what I was curious what Jerry's uh, record was of the 68 uh, teams, how many he got right. And those guys are pretty much right on when it comes to the teams. Now, they don't get always, like, who's playing who and where they're going. That's pretty difficult. Uh, There is a uh, comment in the app. Mark, the Bama homers in the afternoon get really defensive when we start talking about Miller, but even Reese Davis was on a college station on Sirius XM and basically said there's more to the story. Would Alabama be in any kind of jeopardy if they played Miller and then he was found more liable? Um, I don't don't think they would be found more... um, I don't think there would be any type of repercussions for Alabama. Uh, as a as a program or an institution, if it came out that there was more information, now, now I'll say this: if they know of more information that they're keeping hidden, I think there's a yeah, I think there's they're in for a world of hurt from a PR standpoint. But I don't know if legally or by NCAA standards, there's any chance of them getting any type of sanctions or anything like that. I mean, there's. I think they can always say, you know, we went with the information we had at the time and and proving whether somebody knew something uh, before they actually acknowledged that they knew it might be difficult to do. But at this point, um, I don't I don't know if there would be any backlash, Lee, if something came out today or tomorrow that somehow um, Brandon Miller was more involved than. 
than than we're we're led to believe at this point. I'd have to agree with everything you said. I mean, uh, you know, I, I look. There's probably more to this case than we know about. I mean, that's you know, even Taylor Zarzer yesterday on said, you know, the national media they can say what they want, but they don't have all the facts, and neither do we. But from what we have learned and what's been reported, and if the prosecutor's office and the attorney who's involved in this say there's no charges against Brandon Miller. You can't blame Alabama for keeping him on the roster. You would hope that, obviously, if something had gone the other way, that maybe things would have been different. The only time I can ever remember any any team in the NCAA tournament uh, getting, let's say, uh, removed or their their records, let's say, uh, negated was uh, with an NCAA violation. Uh, That would be the only time. Uh, Let's see, Villanova. That comes to mind, Massachusetts, when Calipari was there. Uh, they, the NCAA found out that one of their key players, uh, something happened with the NCAA. That's the only time I can think of anything like that occurring. So to that and your response, I would agree with you on that. I don't think Alabama has anything to worry about as things stand today. And notice how today. Uh, Will? is the latest to uh, qualify. So congratulations, Will. We will see you at Moe's for the WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge uh, tomorrow yeah. afternoon. I, I think you were misinterpreting um, uh, what I was saying. We have a phone call. Oh! A guy named Will would like to chime in on uh, this topic. Will, even better. Hey, Will, welcome to WNSP. Hey, Mark. Um, quick question. You had said, Reese said there's a little more to the story, even after everything we've heard. Um, do you know what he's talking about, or can you speculate on that topic, please, sir? I don't. I can look at it. Now, what, to be clear, I was just reading one of the comments in the app. Uh, let me do. Uh, let me see if I can find out. Someone in the app said that he said on a Sirius XM show that there was more to the story. Could he have said there were could be more to the story or that there is more to the story. I don't know. Uh, but I'll let me do some digging here and I'll see what I can find out. But I, to my knowledge, I know, I know nothing more than what you and uh, everybody else at this point knows. Now I know um, you mentioned that Taylor said yesterday that, you know, the national media has not almost, he almost insinuated they shouldn't be speculating about this. Uh, I disagree. I think it's the biggest topic. I think you can't help it. I think everybody's talking about it. I, now, could national media be doing a better job of educating themselves on the story? Sure. But I think you could say that about the national media when it comes to any story. Um, and, and then the, the other thing I would add was, look, I know this is a hot button topic for a lot of people still, but you're going to if if you're an Alabama fan generally and I use a broad brush here, you're going to defend Alabama and Brandon Miller to this point. And if you're not, you're going to take the other side. And if Brandon Miller played for Auburn, I'd say the same thing about Auburn fans and non-Auburn fans, right? So, you know, when I always I always bring up Cam Newton because it was such a sensational story when he was at Auburn. Man, Auburn fans defended Cam Newton and 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 the dad and Auburn to the grave. And... Alabama fans thought the absolute worst thing happened, right? That he was bought and paid for. Like, I, like I get it. It's part of being a, a fan of, of a certain university. So I, I get that this is a hot-button issue. 
But I think most people have to understand that if the roles were reversed, you would think very differently about this case. You know, it's very hard to be here and not involved in investigation and to know all the facts. But it seems like there's been a certain segment that has relaxed on this. Obviously, those who put his name as far as awards, he's been added to that John Wooden list, whereas they kept him off. Um, obviously, the SEC had no problem naming him Player of the Year and also a Freshman of the Year. So from that standpoint, you know, there's been a little, you know, pulling back and, and again, not insinuating that, you know, Brandon Miller was – we have another caller? You have your caller. Jerry's on? The one you've been waiting I'm on. I'm sorry. Okay, let's get to Jerry Palm right now from CBS Sports. Jerry, uh, obviously one of the most noted rectologists in anybody's game. Good morning. How are you today? All right. How are you? Good. First question, how many of the 68 teams did you have getting into the NCAA tournament? Uh, I missed Rutgers. Rutgers was my last team in, uh, and Arizona State was my first team out, and the committee had them switched, so – um, I had uh, well, actually, they. I think the committee had Nevada their last team in, but they had Arizona State in and Rutgers out. So that was the only one then, right? So you had sixty-seven out of the sixty-eight. Yeah, yeah and it's funny because it's the second year in a row I missed Rutgers. What? So what? Last year, last year I had them out and I got in. This year they, uh, I had them in and they got out. So what's the deal with Rutgers then? Why are why are the rectologists so strong on them, but the committee isn't? Well, you know, they when you look at the the teams that they played and, um, you know, in the big 10 versus the Pac 12 is a stronger schedule. Um, and they wanted Purdue, which is the best win that anybody has in, in that part of the bracket. And, you know, but they also had four bad losses and in the end, that was too much. Uh, also they took into consideration the fact that one of Rutgers better players, Malat mag has been out since the beginning of February and haven't been the same since that time. How do you explain Clemson not getting in, having beaten NC State three times, and having a better, I think, conference record than NC State? How does that happen? Their schedule strength was awful. Their non-conference schedule was in the deep into the 300s. Their overall strength of schedule wasn't even in the top 100. And they just didn't play the same level of competition that everyone else did. And I, I thought they were easy to leave out. That, I didn't even really um, – I would have been shocked, shocked if Clemson got in. Um, you, have to, you, have to play, you have to play well in conference. You also have to do something outside of conference. We see teams get left out every year uh, for poor non-conference schedules, and Clemson was one of them. How do you feel about the committee matching up some of the teams? For instance, I know Houston's griping about going to Birmingham. Uh, you might want to comment on that. And were there some other? Houston's going to Birmingham for the, you mean for the regional? Y- yeah. Huh? That, that, right. Oh, that, for, or for the first and second round. Yes, yes, yeah. How do you feel? I mean, some of the matchups like that, you know, putting uh, teams in certain places. Well, they always put teams in the closest location geographically to where they are uh, available to them on the bracket. So Houston, if Houston's in Birmingham, it's because Birmingham's closest to them. So well, I don't know why they'd complain about that. I mean, I've never heard a team complain about being put too close to home. Um, that's, uh, I, that's news to me. I mean, that's the way the committee has always done it. You, you get, you go in the bracket, um, 
So Houston would probably be in Kansas City Regional and then um, Birmingham uh, Sub-Regional. That's the closest one to them. That's the way the closest one available is always where teams go. That, that, I mean, it's, you can't always be close to home. And the further you get down the bracket, the harder it is. But um, for Houston to complain about where they are would be, well, very surprising. Well, they're complaining because they may have, if Auburn beats Iowa, they'd be playing Auburn in Birmingham in Auburn's backyard. That's where the complaints are. Oh, well, um, that's, that. well, that's just how it goes sometimes. I, I mean, that's, I, I don't know what they, they expect to, I guess I don't know what to, what to expect, but um, that's the way the, that's the way the bracket is put together. There's nothing that would prevent Auburn from playing in, in Birmingham also. So um, I, I have a feeling Houston fans will be well represented. Having uh, Jerry Palm on to talk about the NCAA tournament. Any upsets? Do you have any uh, any of the like the four? Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right. What do we got there? Lee Shervanian for all the fine folks listening today. For a Chick-fil-A gift card, all you have to do is call Nick and tell him and name the only college basketball program that has won a men's title and a women's title in the same year. If you know who that school is, men and women, same year. There's only one school out there that's done it, 694-1055. You know, today is uh, National Pie Day. Not the eat the pie, but... The whole 3.148675309902.0 stuff. How's that for a couple of references all in one number? You're welcome, people. That's what I'm here for. Um, we'll get to that in a second. I know uh, once we get a winner, I know... Um, what's his name over there? Nick is going to want to explain how the le- uh, the uh, most recent, recent quarterback addition to the Falcons is going to change the dynamic of not only the NFC South... But the conference. I think right now, Falcon fans seeing that uh, will be rushing for Super Bowl tickets. I really need to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, because that's where most of these guys are signing now. So Taylor Heineke, I'll mention it because you know he's he's working on getting a, a winner here. Two year deal worth up to twenty million. Man, I gotta be yes, a backup. Sir. Quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Let's oh. go. So now, so now he's listening. Yes. Yeah, because we have a winner. Who is it? That would be Rudolph the Third. Rudolph the Third. Congratulations, yes, sir. Connecticut, and they've not only done it once; they've done it twice. Where both the men and the women's basketball program have won the national title. Just from what I've heard, I haven't seen Connecticut play that much. I think this year. The men's program may have a slight edge in winning it over the women's program because the women have to contend with South Carolina as well as others. I've heard some people, some of the commentators, think that Connecticut could make it to the Final Four this year as a fifth seed. How about that? But more pressing issues, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, so... Well, do we not remember what Taylor Heineke still trying did to get the that commanders? power back. Do we not remember that? I'm w- I'm just waiting for you to tell me, man. That how it, uh, they were 
on the come up, about to make the playoffs, and then all of a sudden they started Carson Wentz again. Last year, who was the quarterback that was playing amazingly, making these crazy <laughs> comeback wins? That was Taylor Heineke, people. Oh, and do we know where Taylor Heineke is from? Mars. Anyone? New Anyone? Jersey. You would think Mars because he plays so out of this world. Yes. Right. New Jersey, He's is from that Atlanta, right? Atlanta, people. What? Oh, the hometown. See, when I started snoring, that was that was your cue to tell me not to sleep on. Yeah, don't sleep. Wake up, people. On Taylor Haneke. Seriously, Nick, now let's be honest. Are you really that excited about this? Well, considering we're paying him, what, 10%, 10 of what Derek Carr is getting paid? And I would say that they're <laughs> Probably pretty comparable in their <laughs> production. Maybe, honestly, Taylor Heineke is more of a winner than Derek Carr. Uh, so, yeah, I'm feeling good. You really are. You feel that? And is he going to be a starter or is he coming in as a backup? Because that's what he's been for the most part in his no, career. No, I'm not sure, but he's the best damn backup quarterback in the league. So, if he's a backup, I'm good. And let Desmond Ritter, we'll see what he's got. If he doesn't, throw in Heineke. Players like him. It, it's a good move. Any, any and we still have just, just players in general. We still have like $30 million to spend, people. Would you have preferred to see Aaron Rodgers come in no. rather than Taylor Heineke? No, no I'm, not, I'm not on the Aaron Rodgers um, wagon. That's a you ain't about that deal. life, Bo. Do what? I said you ain't about that life, Bo. Yeah, that's just like a one-year deal for a 40-year-old man Yeah, that didn't even play good last year. So I, know, I, I, I definitely think prefer they, this because of the. it's such a discount. Yeah, I will say this. The Taylor Heineke story is quite an interesting story, where he was and what he's done lately. I don't know if this is enough to inspire ticket sales. Uh, for Atlanta, I, <laughs> I just win, don't the, know. The wins will when we start the season. I just, six and two. I know you put down Derek Carr, but it just seems to me that you know a nine-year starter coming in who who basically plays never every down. Anything. Do what now? A nine-year starter who's never achieved anything. Well, you say that, but you know, has he has he had the the infrastructure? You know, with players around him and so forth. Yeah, you know, you know Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Things kind Aaron of Waller, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Josh Jacobs, the best running back last year. Yeah, but maybe the the coaching, you know, with the coaching change. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. It just seems Derek Carr, a, a starter, you know, for nine years. It, it I, I, he to me sends more vibes to an organization coming in than Taylor Heineke. Now, and I'm putting Heineke down. He's he's done well as a backup, but if he's if done well at, as a starter too, to the to a degree. I mean, he's winning. What has he won? Seriously. Games? So what, come on now. You were saying games. I mean, has he done anything that take him to the championship? Has he had, uh, produced in the playoffs? If the commanders would have kept rolling with Heineke and forgot Carson Wentz existed, they would have made See, the well, playoffs. now you're, you know, you pull, you, you, you dump on Carr, but yet you just make I haven't dumped reaches, on Carr. You reach, you reach for Taylor Heineke and. You know, well, reaching. if they did this or if they did that, well, I could say the same thing about Carr. If they didn't switch McDaniels and I'm, kept the guy they had last year, maybe they would have had a better I, year. I'm just stating facts, Lee. I'm seeing how the game's played. I'm seeing what's going on, and I'm just reciting it to the listening audience. As you see it. In my own filter. Yes, as, as you see it in your in own your filter. filter. <laughs> yes. I find it incredibly entertaining to listen to you two banter about. You got to think the discount. We're getting that Walmart brand cereal. 
in the in like the big bag. And that cereal tastes just as good, people. Yeah. Pass the milk. Andy Herman's next. We'll talk some Green Bay Packers. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 8.04, hour number three. Uh, Thank you for making us part of your morning. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee and Nick. Lots of uh, (laughs) movement in... uh, legal tampering which is basically free agency in the nfl number of players coming and going changing addresses some staying uh locally jimmy ward davidson alum is leaving the 49ers to go to the houston texans but everybody's waiting for the ball to drop aaron Rodgers. to that we bring in andy herman with pack a day your daily packers podcast andy welcome to wnsp here in mobile alabama good morning Hey, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on. So, to the best of your knowledge, to your gut feeling, is Rogers staying, retiring, or going to the Jets? Yeah, I think based on some of the information yesterday, we got the word this morning that the Jets are actively trying to pursue Alan Lazard, and it's well, it's not finished yet. They're trying to bring him uh, to the Jets. It, it does seem like probably something's going to get done sooner rather than later with Aaron Rodgers to New York now. Uh, With Aaron, you never quite know. That can change at a moment's notice, but everything does seem to be trending in that direction. If it's not that, I can't imagine a scenario at this point where he's actually back in Green Bay playing for the Packers. Uh, Brian Gutekunst was pretty telling in his last press conference of what direction that they wanted to go in, and then Mark Murphy, uh, the president of the team, basically in an interview, all but said that they're moving forward with Jordan Love. They want to go in a different direction with it, you know, with not having Aaron at quarterback. So it does seem at this point that it's either the Jets or potentially retirement, and I do think they'll ultimately choose the Jets sooner rather than later. You know, it's only been, what, less than two years since he was the league's MVP. So obviously he could still play. Maybe didn't have that great a year last year. But do they just want to move on because they have love sitting around or because they're just tired of uh, dealing with Rodgers? I think there's a couple things at play here, right? I think when you look at Aaron Rodgers, I don't think anyone's saying that Aaron can't still be a really good quarterback. And I don't think anyone would be extremely shocked if he went to the Jets, played with that classic chip on their shoulder, and went out and had another MVP season. I think that's within the realm of possibility. Uh, I think the hard part here for Green Bay is – they're probably not in a situation if this is a one-year, uh, maybe one to two-year situation for Aaron because of the situation that Green Bay's in with the salary cap and coming off a year where they didn't even make the playoffs. I think they can make a strong argument that you know moving forward with Aaron for one to two more years probably isn't necessarily in the best interest for the Green Bay Packers, specifically with the salary cap hit that Aaron's set to get. They're going to take on a $40 million cap hit just by trading him, but if they were to keep him on the team for one more year, they're taking on $60 million in salary cap over this season, next season, and the following season um, if he were to play one more year. And you can make an argument where Green Bay's roster is at to take on the additional salary cap hit that that would take for one year of Aaron on a team that's probably not um, going to be able to make a very deep run in the playoffs. Add on to that that you have a quarterback that you not only spent the first-round pick on, but you traded up in the first round to go get. And now they've basically had him sit under Aaron Rodgers for three seasons, develop.
develop him as a player and him actually showing some signs last year, I think it's just this perfect storm where Green Bay has a quarterback they can go to. The salary cap hit for Aaron is exorbitant. He wants to win a championship this year that probably isn't going to be in Green Bay, and it just kind of hit all at once. And it just, like, the way the contract was set up last year for Aaron, it almost incentivized, it almost made Green Bay in this situation where they had to trade him and that they couldn't bring him back at a reasonable cost. And this is almost their, 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 not only their best option, but almost their only option to move forward. What are the Jets offering? What, what, what would make this a sensible trade? That's a million dollar question. I know people in Green Bay are upset with me because uh, I know everyone in Green Bay wants like a, you know, two first round picks. And of course, everyone in New York is like, oh, it's not going to take anything more than a third. I think the second round pick is probably that sweet spot. Um, I think from a Packers standpoint, you can see how desperate the Jets are, right? They've now lost on Derek Carr. They've lost on Jimmy Garoppolo. If they don't get Aaron Rodgers, there's not many other options. Yeah, maybe they could pivot to a Ryan Tannehill. I know there were some rumblings of a Matthew Stafford uh, pivot yesterday if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, but they're clearly all in on Aaron, so Green Bay has some leverage there. In the meantime, uh, again, the Packers president in his interview last week basically said they don't want Aaron back. He also said in that interview that there are no other teams that have been allowed to talk with Aaron Rodgers, that it's just the Jets. So the Jets know that Green Bay doesn't really want Aaron, and there's no other team that's competing for his services at this point. So while the Jets are probably desperate, the, the Packers kind of just want to move on and don't really have any other options at this point either. So I think it would be a, a solid pick in return for Green Bay, but I don't think this is going to be some Russell Wilson-type ball. I don't, and it may not even involve the Jets' number 13 pick, which I'm sure a lot of Packers fans, and I'm sure the Packers would like to see in that deal as well. So if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets – do you see this being any better for the Jets than when Brett Favre went to the Jets and how that really didn't pan out? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I mean, going back to the Brett Favre year, right? Like, if you remember, that, that season for the Jets got off to a really strong start and Favre was playing really, really well. And then he had the arm injury and just basically wasn't able to throw the football and was going out there and just wasn't anything like himself. And the injury really derailed that season for the Jets. For Aaron, I think it's going to be a couple things. I think that Jets defense is going to need to produce it in a very similar fashion that they did last year. And offense is going to be dependent upon, you know, does Aaron get a couple guys that he's familiar with? Does he get in, you know, an Alan Lazard, maybe a Robert Cunyon or Randall Cobb? Because Aaron is very much based on trust and wants rhythm and wants timing. And having a couple of his guys, I think, would be very important on that offense. But you add in a, a Garrett Wilson and you add in some of these young Jets wide receivers that they're able to keep Elijah Moore uh, and he doesn't go back in the trade for some reason with Green Bay. They obviously got a really good stable of running backs. They're going to probably have to upgrade that offensive line just a little bit, but I, I don't think there's any reason that this team couldn't work in New York. It's, uh, a lot's just going to be dependent upon what level Aaron's able to play at and if it's closer to you know his, his previous two MVP seasons or if it's closer to what we saw last year. Andy, how... Dear- do we react uh, differently to Aaron Rodgers because he seems to be so eccentric? Like, how does that how does that play in Green Bay over the years? Because it seems like I don't know if he's always been this eccentric, and we're just kind of learning more and more as we go, or he's becoming more and more this way. But it I'm, how does how does that whole vibe play in Green Bay? It's interesting because I do think, and I don't know if it's the eccentricness or I, you know, I think a part of this is just fatigue from Packers quarterbacks wanting to retire, not retire, potentially wanting to trade. This is the third season in a row uh, where there's been some you know, consideration from 2021 when Rodgers basically was demanding out of Green Bay, which I'm sure didn't sit well with some Packer fans, and then 
Last year there was a, is he going to come back? Does he want to go to Denver or Green Bay Honor? Like there was all of that just last year, and then this year you have this saga all over again. And you have to remember, you, obviously with his predecessor with, with Brett Favre, um, you know that that was something that was happening on a constant basis. So I think there's some fatigue in Green Bay just from these constant. Will he be back? Will he not be back? And just feeling like, all right, well we're just ready to move on if that's going to be the case. And this is a situation where I think Green Bay's played their their cards pretty close to the vest, and I think part of that is wanting to win a, a PR battle here and not have you know not have Aaron maybe have the upper hand if he wanted to try to force his way back to Green Bay. And I think the overarching you know um, support right now in Green Bay, and it's not it's not a ton, of course. This is always going to be a polarizing topic, but I do think more people are ready to move on and see a trade of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay than are ready to bring him back, which is a very telling sign. Because if you remember, when this whole situation happened with Brett Favre and he got traded, like the, the whole city of Green Bay was literally divided. You saw Jets, Brett Favre jerseys littered in, in the streets and even in the stands of Lambeau Field at times. Like, this is a city divided when that happened. This seems to be much more of like, oh, if they can trade Aaron Rodgers and get something in return, we're good to move forward with Jordan Love for the most part at this point. Does anybody out there, and well, Andy, I'll ask you your opinion. Is Jordan Love, if this trade occurs and Rodgers goes to the Jets. Does that do you think that Jordan Love would be an improvement over Aaron Rodgers even as Rodgers approaches what his 39th or 40th birthday? I don't think anyone's going into this season with that expectation that he's just going to come in and all of a sudden be better than, you know, again, your guy that was just a, a, a MVP quarterback, you know, two of the last three years. And even as Aaron liked, uh, to mention on the Pat McAfee show, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, but his, even his worst years are, are some of the most other quarterbacks' best years. I think Aaron still played at a pretty high level given the fact that he had a broken thumb, injured ribs, etc. So I don't think anyone's necessarily coming to the idea that Jordan's just going to come in and all of a sudden be better than Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. I think what they're looking to see is a quarterback who can be a legitimate starting quarterback who can compete, learn how to win games in the NFL. All of the talent is there and just kind of put things together and try to take a step in the right direction with his development and he actually gets the opportunity to start for the first time. All right, let me ask you this. If, in fact, and I, I don't, you can use whatever your word you want. How would you describe Rodgers' relationship to the Green Bay media? Because if Rodgers is as sensitive as I kind of guess he is, what's going to happen if he goes to New York and has to deal with that media? I do think it's going to be a difference, and I do think that's probably something that Aaron weighed out, not not just from a media standpoint, but obviously it's a very different market. You're going from – you could not have two different markets, right, going from a Green Bay market, you know, a small market team, to literal New York City and the New York media market. So I'm sure that's something that played a factor. I, I think he is, you know, a, a little bit more um, immune to it at this point in his career than maybe he was at other times. I'm not saying that he doesn't. Yeah, he's not aware of the articles or not aware of some of the stuff that happens, and it's definitely going to be a change for him. But um, he, he's used to being very scrutinized at this point. You know, obviously he had the entire you know COVID situation, which he was scrutinized by a lot of people all over, and he just kind of kept going through that and not having you know just just kind of marching to the beat of his own drum, right? So I think he's developed a little bit more of a thicker skin towards it over the years, and I think he'd be able to navigate that just fine if needed. So on a scale from one to ten. Uh, does what's the number that you would go with with Rodgers going to the Jets? I'll, I'll say at this point like a nine. Uh, there's always an opportunity for no with Aaron Ingram. I quite know for sure, uh, but I think as as uh, Adam Schefter uh, said, you know that, that everything is sort of accumulating in that direction that it seems to be going that way. So 
Um, I, I do think it's probably going to happen. I think it's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. But like I said, you always leave yourself in out with air, and you're never quite too sure. It never it, just as soon as you think you've got it all figured out, it could easily go 180 degrees in the exact opposite direction. Out of curiosity, have you ever had the chance to interview Aaron Rodgers? Not one-on-one. I've obviously been in press conferences where I've been able to ask him questions and things like that, but I've, I've never done a one-on-one with Aaron. But, um, no, I mean, it, it's interesting. When you do have the press conferences, I like, there's a there's a gravity that he has. It's, it's really, you know, interesting hearing how he answers questions and how he speaks. And um, there is definitely, like I said, like a gravity and a, almost a, a power in when, like, that guy's in the room and he's speaking. You're, you're listening. You're all ears. And it's, it's very interesting to hear him talk live. Hey, great stuff as always, Andy. No, uh, never a dull moment covering the Packers or Aaron Rodgers. How can people get the latest on all the news concerning both? Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. You can find the Packaday Podcast wherever you get your, your favorite podcast every day. Hey, man, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, have a great week, and we'll do it again soon. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. You know, Mark, I, I'm not going to say this happens all the time, but it seems like we'll talk about a subject. As soon as we get off the air, there'll be a story breaking. Rogers going to the Jets or Rogers staying with Green Bay. All right, so basically what Lee's doing is he's guaranteeing that there will be an Aaron Rodgers resolution at 903. Yeah, it just seems that way. I'm not going to guarantee it. It just seems like whenever we leave the we'll- air, there's a story coming out or – as we're getting ready to leave the air, you get a tweet that... I do, a personal tweet. Personal. Personal. From nobody else. You know, speaking of tweets, it's been a minute since Lee's tweeted. What should Lee's next tweet be? Maybe we will tweet that. Send us your best Lee tweet, and we will tweet it from his account at the end of the show. Hit us in, hit us up in the app at WNSP.com. And uh, if there is one... That we think is worthy of such a thing, we will tweet it out from his account. It's the opening kickoff. Here comes your scoreboard traffic and weather. Hi, this is Blake Stein, former Spring Hill Badger and Kansas City Royal, and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio. The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooter. And all the years, no one knows just how hard you worked. But now it shows. In one shining moment, all right, here we go. WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge. You know how it works. Be the first one to get Nick on the phone. And you will be the latest to qualify. We will see you at Moe's Barbecue downtown tomorrow. For our selection show. That's right, where we select a team for you. And if that team wins, boy, you're gonna you're gonna uh you're gonna be in the winnings there. Two one hour jet ski rides from Gulf Coast Water Rentals, the only uh company in Mobile that provides such service right there on Dog River, and a Bailey's TV or a TV from Bailey's TV and mattress, a smart TV. It's quite the gift, plus some other prizes from some other folks. So make sure you get out there. We won't qualify for every team. We'll leave some spots open so that uh, if you don't have a chance to qualify here or on the final drive, you can come by and maybe get one of those last spots. So we'll see you at Moe's tomorrow. Uh, Nick will be uh, taking attendance or a role, as they say. 
uh, starting at 5, but you better be there by 6.30 or you are, as they say, S-O-L. Yeah. Stuff Get it to uh, Did we get a qualifier, by the way? We did, yeah. Brandon is next to join the All right, challenge. Brandon. Go, Brandon. <laughs> Too soon? Uh, guys, let me tell you about uh, another big winner in our area. That's Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. All right, so here's what you need to know about Aiden. He does not sell insurance. He helps you navigate the ridiculous hurdles you got to clear in order to get the proper coverage you need, right? So there's always some unique circumstances. So he had a client call asking if he needed to add Medicare to his VA benefits. In his specific situation, the answer was no. But that was a uh, conclusion they came to after sitting down with Aiden and figuring all that out. Now, he's an independent guy, works with multiple carriers, and he's helped hundreds just like you. All right, so he's. if you're confused, if you're tired of nonstop solicitation calls, if you need a local agent, boom. Local, knowledgeable, and has a physical location. Aiden Marks is everything you need to get the answers you need. Give him a call, 463-0031, or go by his uh, office on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. Again, 463-0031, Aiden Marks. If you're close to the age of 65, if you're within a year of retiring, you need to call Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. Please do so at 463-0031. Um, you... You working on your your bracket? Yeah, there? as we've been talking back and forth, I'm starting to fill them out. We'll of course, I guess we we usually do like uh, the first round on Thursday. We go through we the do? games. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, it wouldn't be good to wait till Friday since you'd already know who won on Thursday. I could guarantee at that point. You sure could. You know, uh, Dickie have you B at least did one? Well, yeah, and we talked about that yesterday a little bit. I heard him actually on the air when he branded Alabama. Uh, an Alabama state now, you know, move over football. We got Alabama basketball. Now he picked Alabama to go the distance. Who, I'm trying to remember, I, who, who do you have in a champion? What, did he have Texas? Texas. Texas. Texas and Alabama for the national wait, championship. Wait a minute. That's like dot, football. Dot, dot. That's a football deal. It is. Look at you get all animated. I love of it. Of course, because they play, what, the second week of the regular season. Who would have thought we'd be talking about Alabama, Texas? Now, Texas could be a revenge game in the fall. Texas has a tougher road to get there than Alabama does, in my opinion, for what it's worth. Because they have to get. I, I think I'm hoping we get a Texas A&M, Texas second round game. You like them rivalry games? Yes, especially when the rivalries don't play, when there's animosity. We got to get you into our online bracket challenge with all our listeners. That might require how, how bracket stacks up. That might require an education on my part to get online. Easy, easy, cheesy. We can make that happen. I mean, in fact, I think Nick could probably just walk you through it here right after the show. That's he's right. a busy guy, though. I know he's got a. He is a putting lot out multiple plate. fires in multiple exactly. locations. He's a podcaster. <laughs> he's the, in charge of the golf show. I mean, my gosh, this guy's got so many things on his plate. It's incredible. It really is. Yeah. My two smallest roles, but yes. Wait a sec. Doing the golf show, you don't put their high up on your <laughs> resume? Is that what you're saying? That thing that thing runs itself, man. I'm just I just watch the magic happen. I do not participate in creating it. So Have you got your final four yet, Mark? Have you delved dived into that yet or you're just gonna wait a little while? 
yeah, I mean, I knocked out a bracket in literally like three minutes. Last yeah, night. that's what I'm doing here. Well, a little more than three minutes. Who do you have in your final four right now? I can't honestly tell you. Uh, as of today. As of today. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> I hope you don't have Alabama in there. Oh, oh no. I'm the big... Uh, I'm going to call you on your BS, sir. Not only do they get uh, past the Elite Eight, they're in the final four. Is that your guarantee? That is my guarantee that you're oh, full of BS. Mark, That's my guarantee. How Mark, about that? You have to make guarantees that are true. Really? Yeah. And what happens if they're not true? Not a guarantee. Your guarantee... You, we can't trust it anymore. Does he? I've yet to make a guarantee that's wrong. You keep saying that, but you have. Yeah. What? In what world do you live in? Uh, Lamar Jackson. That wasn't a guarantee. That wasn't a guarantee. Do we drug test here? Or have I've you just told, found a way around I've it? actually had people uh, ask me if he's on drugs, but I don't have an answer for that. The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. And all the years, no one knows just how hard you worked. But now it shows. Anyone shining more? It's all on the. It never gets old, Lee. Thankfully, only one more day of this. What? It's the greatest sports song ever. Be the next one. WNSP March Madness Matchup Challenge. I'll, I I kind of feel like we're we're uh, qualifying everybody on the morning show. That's what know, I'm thinking too. I'm not too. sure what they're doing on the uh, the final. They have drive. more time. They have less to deal with, and so I'm told that we have to make good on their hey, ineptness. You know what though? This is the way I see it. All they're doing is allowing us to give our listeners more of what they want which is an opportunity to get registered for our march madness matchup challenge and get in on that two one hour uh jet ski rides from gulf coast water rentals and a chance at that smart tv from bailey's tv you mattress know, so thank you people of the final drive i'm surprised for neglecting your listeners so that we here on the opening kickoff can give our guys what they want I i'm surprised with the amount of times that we do this that you even need notes anymore because i can read without actually you should have like, you should have all this memorized and, and you don't even need that this is about the what how many we qualified right now up to about we've, we're, four we're, a day this will be five today over 25 okay and then tomorrow we still qualify right yeah i believe we're still going to do quali qualifying tomorrow there uh nicholas all right very good do we have our, our next Brewitt? guest so we can get down to business? We'll qualify him, too. Sure. All right. Let's talk to uh, Chad Pruitt, assistant basketball coach at Auburn. Chad, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Tell me your reaction when you found out that Auburn was going to Birmingham. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, no doubt it was a break for us. Uh, we're excited. We obviously got a big alumni group in, in uh, Birmingham and people that – Normally can't come watch us play. We'll be able to do that. It ought to be a it ought to be a crazy weekend. Chad, how long have you been coaching basketball in the state of Alabama? And that goes back to your days at Faith and maybe even before that. How many years have you been coaching? This is uh, year twenty eight. Did you ever ever think that 
and, and what has been billed as a, a football state that Alabama and Auburn would be playing in the same arena in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Never, never. It's absolutely incredible. And I think we've talked about this in the past few weeks, but what you know, both programs have done just in the last five years has just been amazing. Why don't you kind of give us the groundswell for this? How did it how did it get to be like this where there's actually constant there's, there's actually people talking basketball? You got Alabama number one overall. Auburn had that sensational year last year, you know, before you got to the tournament. And you're going for the I think the fourth time in the last five years. How did we get there? <laughs> Well, you know, uh, when we came in a, a few years ago and kind of got the program turned around, you know, Alabama was also doing pretty well. They had not really put it all together. But, you know, obviously, you know, a, a big commitment uh, at the University of Alabama and at Auburn uh, to improve their basketball, um, you know, their program in just about every way. And it's paid off. And, and obviously, Auburn and Alabama are super competitive. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's been good for the conference and good for the, good for the state for sure. You know, I don't remember the timeline. Were you there before Bruce Pearl, or you came in with Bruce? I came in with Bruce. And what kind of – to p- talk about picking up the pieces, what was the program like when you took over because they had not been winning? No, in fact, I think uh, I think we were the next to last um, – you know, back then they used the RPI, the lowest RPI uh, in the Power Five. I think TCU was the only school that was worse. And uh, – uh, it was it was just a great opportunity. It was a great opportunity for us to come in. Uh, obviously, I've loved Auburn my entire life, and and be be a part of something on the ground floor. The you know the the talent wasn't great, obviously, when we got there. But you know the heart and the drive. And if you remember that first uh, couple of years, we go to the we go to the tournament and win some games. You know, in the SEC tournament with a very uh, undersized and uh, and not quite as talented team. And and uh, it kind of just started that the. Uh, the Auburn fan base jumped behind us really, really quick. We sold out, you know, in the first year and have continued to sell out every home game. You know, the jungle's kind of taken on, um, you know, something of his own and, and become, you know, known across the country as one of the toughest places to play. It's, it's, it's been awesome to kind of watch all that take place. Obviously, we're not, you know, we're not satisfied. We, we want to do more. Um, and I think Alabama would say the same about their program. They want to do more and, and hopefully finish it a little better this year. All right, Chad. So he asked you how many years you've been coaching. In those years, how many of those seasons have you filled out an NCAA bracket? Just for fun. Just for entertainment purposes. Just for fun, every one of those. <laughs> and and how much <laughs> and what would you say your success rate is in those in those years for entertainment purposes only? Uh, uh pretty good. I I think pretty good. You know, the old the old family brackets, you know. Um but it's always interesting that, you know, I, I have uh, a wife and three girls, and, and generally one of the girls will win. And so one of the females will win. So I'm supposed to be the expert, but I don't know as, quite, as much as I think I do, I guess. So I guess I'm talking to the wrong, the wrong member of your family, though, because my next question was what tips would you have for those of us that are filling out uh, NCAA <laughs> tournament brackets? But I need to be talking to your daughter. You probably my daughter or my wife Tanya, who who, who usually wins the uh, wins the deal. And I think it's one of those things if you overanalyze it, you know. And I'm pretty bad about that. I'll overanalyze. Yeah. I'll look into all these different stats. I think it can it can hurt you a little bit to be honest with you, because there's no idea. Nobody knows exactly what's about to happen. So I don't know. Have 
what do we do with the 8-9 game in Birmingham? Because those are usually the toughest because 8-9 are supposed to be so equal. How did she go with Auburn, Iowa? <laughs> hey, there's no doubt on that one. Now, she may struggle with the other 8s and 9s, but there's only one pick for that one. Chad, let's get serious for a second. Uh, preview this game for us. What What do we need? I don't know enough about Iowa. Uh, I, I what, what do we need to know about them? Well, this is not my scout, but just uh, you know, being around the the, the coaches and and uh, going through this with the team the last couple of days, you know, it's a very, very, really good offensive team. Uh, probably the best offensive team we played this year, third in the country in offensive efficiency. Um, you know, they they're a team that is obviously better on the offensive side than the defensive side. Um, it, it'll, it'll be a tall task. They've got their big bodies. You know, will be outsized again, kind of how we have been the last. Um, last couple of years, at least at the guard spot. Um, it'll be very up-tempo. I think you'll see a very fast team, uh, a team who wants to get out and go. Uh, so it'll be, I think it'll be very entertaining for the fans. Offensively, can Auburn stay with them then? Because I know defense has been your niche this year, and for you to stay in games, you've, you've played really good defense. But as you said, Iowa, from the standpoint of being one of the best, if not the best offensive team, do you have that nucleus to stay with Iowa? I think we do. Uh, they're obviously a team that if you probably, if you look you look at our stats a little closer, we would probably mirror some of the same things. They shoot the ball much better at home than they do on the road or neutral, um, you know, just as we do. We're going to have to score some points to, to win. We obviously have some firepower to do that. And we've been playing really, really well. In fact, if you look over the last eight games of the SEC, we actually had led the led the SEC in three-point shooting. So our, our, our shooting has come around, which has given us a chance to be in all of those games. And many of those, we came up short, but had a chance to, you know, to beat some really good teams. Hey, so I, you, you said this isn't your scout, but when you do scout, or typically when coaches on your staff scout for a particular game, knowing that time is usually a question mark, how many hours of film or how many games of an opponent do you watch before you feel like you have a really good grasp of what an opponent will do? Well, great question. I, you know, and I get that question a lot. We, we, uh, I will generally watch uh, seven to ten games. Uh, I'll probably spend you know, 50 to 70 hours maybe in preparation for a particular opponent. Um, you know, you're looking at every facet of the game. Um, you know, obviously others on our on our team, on our scouting team, will be doing something very similar. Uh, we leave no stone unturned. Uh, very, very few surprises when you spend that kind of time in preparation. This is a little bit different, obviously, because it's a, it was a quick turnaround. Yeah. Um, Ira Bowman, Mike Burgermaster have this scout. Uh, been, you know, probably haven't slept at all <laughs> trying to get ready for this, and so you know it'll come around really, really quickly. Uh, but that's you know that's part of it in tournament play. So do you do you when you when you go to scout a team, are you looking for you want to scout games in they which they won and games in which they lost? Like are you looking for a variety of different outcomes in close games as opposed to blowouts and vice versa? Yeah, I always try to look for, for teams who guard like we do. You know, it doesn't do you really gotcha. a whole lot of good if, if you watch teams no, that, that makes guard sense. totally different. Yeah. Um, and so I think over the course of the year, if you find, you know, five to seven different teams that guard, you know, a little bit like you, and, and then you can kind of put a game plan on what, you're, what you expect to see. You know, coaches are all creatures of habit. So, you know, if somebody guards this way, you're going to do this. If they guard this way, you're going to do something else. Um, so it kind of gives you a pretty good idea of what you're going to see. So, so who are some of the teams that guard or, or defend similar to the way Auburn does? 
You know, what we, we do, what we call, you know, we ice ball screens on the side, which means we don't let you get. We try to keep the ball on the side. You'll see a little bit of that. Tennessee does some of that. Mississippi State, Alabama will ice some. Um, you know, so in the conference, those are some of the teams. Arkansas will ice a little bit as well. Um, you have other teams who switch a lot, you know, and, and yeah. switch every screen. And so those teams are totally different than preparing for somebody who's not going to let you use the screen or really impact the screen with some great defensive pressure. We're talking with uh, Auburn assistant basketball coach uh, Chad Pruitt, of course, getting ready for the 5:30, 5:45 game in Birmingham this coming uh, Thursday. Whenever I hear comparisons about the Big Ten and the SEC, it always seems to boil down from the the national media that well, the SEC is faster and more athletic and so forth. Uh, would that be the case in this matchup with Iowa? That uh, from an athletic standpoint, you have the advantage. I st- yeah, I think so. I, I think you're. I think you're right on. You know, we played Northwestern earlier in the year in Cancun. It was like 43 to 42. It was literally a rock fight. I mean, it was very, very physical. Um, you know, but we met the physicality, and so I think you know this time of the year you're going to see people that will adapt to whatever style you play. By this time of the year, you've played it all. You've played teams, and you can even take teams in our league like Mississippi State. Mississippi State. In Texas A&M, one of the most physical teams you'll play out there. Obviously, a team like Alabama, Arkansas, one of the fastest teams you'll play. You know, I think we're probably somewhere in the middle of that. We can kind of play a little bit of both. We, you know, we're not quite as fast as we have been in the past, but, but definitely have some quickness. And then we've probably been a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit bigger and stronger inside at times. But I like, you know, I like the ability to throw the ball inside to Janai Broom and score the ball. So, you know, I think you'll see a very physical game because every time there's a, a Big Ten SEC team game, you're going to see some physicality. Um, but they really, they're kind of different and a little bit different than other Big Ten teams as they want to get out and go. So I think you'll see a faster pace um, kind of take over more than you'll see a, a huge physical game. I know the old standard line, you play one game at a time, but in reality, with a short turnaround, you beat Iowa, then you'd probably face Houston. Do you Are, are they already putting together a scattering port on Houston? Yes, yes. Yes, you have to. And, uh, you know, you take uh, you take one one bracket at a time, one side of the bracket at a time. So, you know, we, we'll take the three, the three teams that are in that bracket, and then we'll kind of go from there. We already have people coming. The ball is t- and there you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on All right, why not? One more! The more the merrier. Get in, 694-1055, and you'll be uh, automatically qualified for our March Madness matchup challenge. And come on over to Moe's tomorrow night for the big event. Yeah, even if you don't qualify, though, we take walk-ins. In fact, walk-ins have won this tournament before. So I encourage, even if you didn't qualify or have time to qualify, and you can't listen to the afternoon show because they're not going to qualify enough anyway, come out anyway. (laughs) Yeah, get them. What, so, what are you going to do? Qualify every segment tomorrow? If that's what it takes, if is that's that what, what the people want, we're here for the people. Okay, the people. This the is state, a vehicle. The show for, for the you. people. Right. All right. So, uh, but again, if even if you didn't qualify, just come to Mo's. You'll still get a team. That's right. And then you could be walking away with a smart TV and from Bailey's TV and mattress and 
a couple of uh, one-hour passes for uh, Wave Runner or Dead Ski Rentals from Gulf Coast Water Rentals right here in Mobile. Who we got? Our next qualifier is Michael. Congratulations, Michael. Michael. You ever watch Arrested Development? I know. I tried. I, oh. I did. Couldn't get I watched it. about three uh, three years of it, but that was enough. Hmm. Was that with Justin Bateman? Jason Bateman. Jason, sorry. But yeah. Justine is the sister. I, I watched about three years of that, and then it just got too crazy. Like yeah. this show, am I right? Too crazy. You think this show's a little too crazy for your liking, Lee? No, not 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 all the time. I mean, I I think there are times you go off. You go off, but you know you're fine. I, you add a different element. I mean, you don't want everybody to be like me, and you don't want everybody to be like Mark. So you add a new element to the show. But if you had to choose between people being like me and people being like Lee, who would you rather people be like? Are you asking me? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to ask him. We already know the answer. I think you guys are both on oh, the very ends of a, the same spectrum, on opposite ends. So I, I prefer my people right in the middle. Dude, this is sports radio. If you're gonna if you're gonna be successful in this arena, young yeah. Nick, you need to have a you need to have a hot take. Right. I haven't. I don't think I've been providing that. In this show, and well, I apologize for that. Who's the greatest, I Lee or me? Who's the best? Who's the? Where's the guarantee? I guarantee that it's neither of you. Oh. It's me. Well, it's like he heard. If you me. can't. You know what? I've always felt if you can't build yourself up, who are you going to build up? That's right. If you don't have, right. if you don't believe I in yourself, here's, here's a quote from Booker T. Washington. Okay. If you lift your... <laughs> Hurry up. The time's running out. If you want to lift up others, lift yourself up. Booker T said that. I don't have time to fact check that. I just have to take it your word. He guaranteed it. For it. He guarantees right. it. Uh, yeah, that's a guarantee. Yeah. Well, uh, we had the hot take today. Taylor Heineke, Super Bowl. So what more do you need to know? That wasn't the guarantee. I was just giving it to you. Oh, he's got his own guarantee. Okay, okay. Take that. Rewind it back. We're out. We'll be back tomorrow at 6. Until then, see ya.